It's time for Northwestern Outdoors Radio, the show focusing on fishing, hunting, outdoor recreation, destinations, and conservation in the region where you live and play. Northwestern Outdoors is brought to you by Max Lure Company, Sportsman's Warehouse, and Wallowa County. And now, let's see what's going on in the field and on the water with your host, John Cruz. We're going to start off the show telling you about something pretty cool taking place in central Montana at First People's Buffalo Jump State Park on March 19th. There's going to be a guided rock art hike followed by an art show. The hike starts at 10 a.m. and hikers will join a park ranger on what's described as a moderate to strenuous off-trail hike along the cliffs in the park to learn about the two distinctive methods for producing rock art. That would be pictographs and petroglyphs. This is a really cool park with some incredible history, and I would really encourage you to visit there even if you can't make it on the 19th. If you do want to go on this hike, you do need to reserve a slot. Space is limited. Just call the park and do so soon. As for the art show, that is held the same day from noon to 3.30 p.m., and it's going to feature original works by the Kuka family, Tanya Werner and Ira Henderson. All three of these artists are enrolled members of the Blackfoot tribe or the Little Shell Chippewa tribe, and they will have several pieces for sale during the show, along with a raffle that will be held by the Kuka family. Again, it's all taking place March 19th at First People's Buffalo Jump State Park, just north of Ulm, off of Interstate 15 at exit 270. This week on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, we've got some great guests for you today. We're going to start off with Marie Newmiller. She is the executive director for the Inland Northwest Wildlife Council, and she's going to be inviting you to the Bighorn Outdoor Adventure Show. After a two-year hiatus because of COVID, it is back. It's happening March 17th to the 20th, and I think you are definitely going to want to be at the Spokane Fair and Event Center at least one or more of those days. Eric Arnold is a bass tournament angler and pro staffer, and he's going to join us for an extended Max Minute to help you catch some of those lethargic bass that are coming off the winter months here. Following that, we'll talk to Brad Trumbo. He is an author, a writer, and a biologist, and he's got a brand new book out called Wing Shooting the Palouse. If you were into upland bird hunting and bird dogs, you are really going to want to read this collection of essays and short stories, and I can't wait to have Brad tell you more about it. Following that, we've got Cliff Courtney on the air. He is the owner of Stahican Valley Ranch up near the headwaters of Lake Chelan in the North Cascades National Park Complex of North Central Washington. He's going to tell you about some changes that have been occurring at the ranch, all good ones, since my last visit there a couple years ago. And if you are looking for a summer job or maybe even a full-time job in the community of Stahican, one of the most beautiful places you'll ever see, well, he's got some openings and he'll tell you all about them. Throw in our Sportsman's Warehouse trivia question of the week and some ideas for things to do in the week ahead. And once again, we've got a full hour of the great outdoors coming your way. So... Let's get things started, as we always do, hearing from David Sparks, the man behind Sportsman's Spotlight, that's brought to you every week by the Ag Information Network of the West. A look back at Whitetail, David Sparks, Sportsman Spotlight. Andrew McKean is the chief editor of the very popular outdoor magazine, appropriately titled Outdoor Life. 
He shared with me a fascinating perspective on the history of whitetails in our country. As the homesteaders were hacking and hewing their way across the woodland, they displaced an awful lot of deer. And so if they were not killed for subsistence eating, they were killed for the marketplace before regulated hunting. And so from about the mid to late 1800s through about the 1920s and into the 30s, there were really no deer in America. The ones that existed were pushed to these really remote areas of either the northern Midwest or really remote, nasty, tangly swamps in the south, and it took a lot of years of not hunting them to let them come back. And then, of course, as the land use changed, farms got bigger and there were fewer people on the landscape. Deer just occupied that vacant habitat. Until now, we're worried about hitting them on the road. So you're saying that at one time, the population of whitetail was in jeopardy. If there had been an Endangered Species Act at about 1900, I have no doubt that the whitetail deer would have been listed as an endangered species. Can you compare the deer populations of whitetail versus mule deer? Yeah. There are many, many times more whitetail in North America than mule deer. Mule deer habitat requirements are pretty rigid. They need wide open spaces. They will use agricultural crops when they need to, but they prefer to be away from people and human habitation. So that means our big expanses of Western public land. Thanks, Andrew. Sportsman Spotlight. When you use Taraxa seed treatment, it feels like open season on wireworms. Because suddenly you're picking off these pests like a hotshot player in an arcade game. There will be no mercy for wireworms. Because unlike other treatments that only repel, Teraxa eliminates. So these pesky wireworms can't keep coming back. And you know what that means. Game over. Teraxa from BASF. Always read and follow label directions. Extend the life of your equipment with the best warranty program and risk management tool in the agriculture industry. The Cenex Total Protection Plan covers new and used equipment. Receive up to 10 years or 10,000 hours of engine coverage when you use Cenex Ruby Fieldmaster Premium Diesel Fuel and Synthetic Lubricants. With no deductible, the Cenex Total Protection Plan provides unmatched coverage to give you the power you need to keep your business running like a well-oiled machine. Contact your local distributor for more information on the Cenex Total Protection Plan warranty. More hours, less worry. Powered locally. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter, full of the gear you need to succeed this hunting season. Firearms, ammo, archery equipment, decoys, clothing, boots, and more. You'll find it all at Sportsman's Warehouse. Better still, the knowledgeable staff can help you with tips and in-store seminars, all designed to help you bag a trophy or a limit. Find a location near you or shop online today at sportsmans.com. You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. Got one more sportsman show to tell you about. That would be the Bighorn Outdoor Adventure Show. It's taking place March 17th through the 20th at the Spokane Fair and Expo Center. It's put on by the Inland Northwest Wildlife Council. And with us here to tell you more about it is the executive director of that organization, Marie Newmiller. Happy to be here. This is pretty exciting because there's been a two-year absence of this show because of COVID. How are we looking as we come back? How many exhibitors are we going to have this year? One of the cool things about our vendors that I love the most is they really believe in the Inland Northwest Wildlife Council, and they know that the Bighorn Show is a fundraiser for our event, so almost all of our past vendors are returning for the show. Oh, that is wonderful to hear. And are you getting some new ones this year as well? We have. We have quite a few new and exciting ones in addition to the ones that have stayed with us. 
Well, that's good. And, and I'll be honest. I think it's really important for shows to get new vendors in and exhibitors in on a regular basis because it just kind of freshens things up. Because people don't want to see the same thing every year. They want to see, yes, their, their old friends and the vendors are used to, but they want to see new stuff too. So that's great. Another reason that people come to these shows is to learn stuff. And I understand you've got a great seminar lineup this year. Yes, that is actually the main focus of our entertainment for this year, our seminar series. We have two stages. We have the Brothers Flooring main stage, as well as the Max Lure Pro Seminar Series stage. All right. So I'm guessing, based on that, you're going to have some of the pro staffers and pro guys from Max Lure Company with some fishing advice. Go ahead and tell me more. So on the Max Lure stage, we'll have, for example, Eric Magnetson from Max Lures talking about ice fishing basics. We also have Shane Magnetson from Northwest Bait and Scent on using scent to catch more fish. And we also have WDFW coming in to talk about how you can make money through their er- Pike Minnow program. Yes, Eric Winther. I'm glad yes. to see he's going to be there. We've had him on the air talking about that very topic. And folks, uh, you want to go catch Pike Minnow out of the Snake and Columbia Rivers this year. Good news, you're going to be getting a raise. So that is very nice. Uh, let's talk about the other seminars you got going on on the hunting side of the house. So on the Brothers Flooring main stage, that is also that area is being sponsored by the Eat Good Group and Chef Adam Hagstead. Each day we will have chefs doing cooking seminars. There's a wild food cooking, a cooking elk seminar, and other outdoor cooking opportunities throughout the show. I think that's great. I know that a lot of folks are coming into the sport of hunting, and the whole idea is, you know, the whole field-to-table experience. So this will definitely be well-received. I have no doubt about that. Another reason folks love to come to the Bighorn Show is to bring their kids because you always have a ton of kids' activities. What do you have this year? We have some very new and exciting features for our kids' activities this year. Army Recruiting is coming in and bringing a semi-trailer that's a simulation truck, as well as a video game trailer that will be right at the entrance to the show. And then Army National Guard Recruiting is bringing a climbing wall for people to test their skills on. And we will have our usual favorite features, the air rifle range, fishing world, silver mine, all of our kids' adventure paths, the fun activities that the kids know and love as well. Oh, yes. And all the kids love that silver mine that you have there, that's for sure. Now... At the south end of the facility, and we're talking about the uh, the Spokane Fair and Expo Center, you've always got a lot of folks bringing in their trophy heads and horns and antlers because you got the general store trophy territory. What's going to be going on there? Yes, so trophy territory is actually one of the founding features of the Bighorn Show. The show grew around that, and we will still have that going this year. There are categories for all ages and hunting styles and awards that will be given out as well, and each trophy gets measured and receives a Boone and Crockett score. Nice. All right. Well, folks, all sorts of reasons to come to the Bighorn Outdoor Adventure Show again, March 17th through the 20th at the Spokane Fair and Expo Center. Let's talk a little bit about the Inland Northwest Wildlife Council. All the funds are going to benefit this organization. Why don't you tell our listeners about some of the work that you do? Yes, so the Bighorn Show is our biggest fundraiser and represents most of our income that funds the projects we do throughout the area year-round. Our volunteers break out into committees and work on quite a few projects. We have a disabled access group that is out there putting out wheelchair platforms for disabled hunters as well as clearing routes for access points so that these people can enjoy their adventures in the woods. 
We have a wildfire recovery committee that has been working really hard to help restore from the Whitney fires. They've been doing that out at the Swanson's Lake Wildlife Area this past year. We also have a big game recovery unit that goes around and picks up animals that have been injured in car accidents, and we're able to repurpose that meat to be used at food shelters. We also have a fishing committee that does great habitat work, but they also put on Spokane Kids Fishing Day at Clear Lake in conjunction with the Department of Fish and Game and other local nonprofits. You left something out, and I suspect that's because you're a humble person. You've been a a very outspoken advocate for the spring bear hunt. And folks, if you've been listening to this show, you know that in Washington State, the Fish and Wildlife Commission, on a four-to-four vote, did not go ahead with the spring bear hunt. But you actually put together some information for the Fish and Wildlife Commission to consider, and they are considering that uh, this month to hopefully bring this spring bear hunt back and started on May 1st. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this situation? Okay, so I filed a petition on behalf of the Inland Northwest Wildlife Council's members, and we are really grateful to all of the groups and individuals that have partnered with us on that effort to reinstate the spring bear hunt. The commission met on that on March 11th, and the final vote will be Friday, March 18th at the commission meeting. All right. Well, hopefully it goes our way as far as hunters go. Uh, Folks, there's no reason to cancel this spring bear hunt. It actually is an important hunt for conservation purposes. It, It reduces conflict between bears and humans by, you know, keeping those bears away from us. It also uh, reduces damage to commercial timberlands, and it also reduces mortality to fawns and uh, elk calves and and other animals, too, that bears would otherwise prey on. So uh, the spring bear hunt is a conservation hunt, first and foremost. We don't want to lose this opportunity. I hope the Fish and Wildlife Commission is smart enough to see this, and hopefully some of the members are listening today, and we'll keep that in mind. One more thing. What is the website for the Inland Northwest Wildlife Council so folks can find out more and if they live in eastern Washington, maybe join? Yes. So if you go to inwc.org, you can learn more about the Wildlife Council as well as the Bighorn Show. We always need volunteers. And just a reminder, there are great fun activities at the Bighorn Show, including our ladies' night and our date night feature, which is new. Both will have live music concerts. Did you say there's a date night at the Bighorn Show this year? There is this year, Saturday night, and there is a little bit of an after hours to that portion for attendees that are 21 and over. Very nice. See, folks, you don't have to go to FarmersOnly.com. You can go ahead and bring somebody <laughs> to the Bighorn Show and, and go ahead and treat them to a date at the Sportsman Show. Sounds like all sorts of fun. Again, it's the Bighorn Outdoor Adventure Show, March 17th through the 20th at the Spokane Fair and Expo Center. If you're listening today and live anywhere in the Idaho Panhandle or Eastern Washington, you'll definitely want to attend this event. Marie, thanks so much for sharing this with us today on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. In other news, a lot of Catholics and Protestants alike are observing Lent, and that means a lot of them are abstaining from red meat and instead eating more seafood. Well, you don't have to eat bad seafood or just what you find at the grocery store. No, get the best seafood you can. You'll find that at Sina Sea Seafood. We're talking about wild-caught Alaskan salmon and halibut and sablefish that they flash freeze. They handle it with care and they will deliver it right to your door in meal-sized portions, no less. Perfect meal-sized portions. And it's also healthy, too. As a matter of fact, 
after eating all this wonderful seafood from Cena Sea Seafoods, you might just extend your seafood eating habits far beyond Lent. You can find out more at SinaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com. And when you order, be sure to use the promo code OUTDOORSRADIO because when you do, you will get 10% off your entire order. That website again? SinaSea.com for wild-caught Alaskan seafood, premium quality seafood that tastes great and is delivered right to your door. show is back at the Spokane County Fair and Expo Center. We're celebrating 60 years of the Bighorn Show with entertainment and activities for the whole family. There's an all-new lineup of seminars from top outdoor experts and live music every day. Kids love the Silver Mine, Fishing World, and Reptile Man, and everyone loves Trophy Territory. Check out hundreds of guides, outfitters, and outdoor products for March 17th to 20th. Get your tickets at Ziggy's or search Bighorn Show Spokane online to purchase tickets. with more of the great outdoors on Northwestern Outdoors Radio with John Cruz. It's that time again. It's time for another Extended Max Minute brought to you every week by Max Lure. And we caught up with Eric Arnold at the Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show. Eric, I wanted to ask you a little bit about finding bass throughout the spring, starting in March and going until they spawn. You know, you go onto a lake, where do you start looking for them? We'll start off with with the colder water. And I guess we won't talk about the month, but we'll talk about the temperature. When that water's between 40 to 50 degrees, where are we looking for the bass? So that's all going to depend on the lake with water clarity runoffs. Rule of thumb is the clearer the water, the warmer the water will be as far as finding fish. Dirtier water tends to hold the cold a lot longer. Interesting. Okay. So say clear water impoundments, bass, like smallmouth, for instance, they're going to hold on structure. So you want to find points to go to a deep drop with rock. If you don't have rock in the lake, which most lakes do around here, try to find some isolated wood, you know, and I'll usually start to look for them around 35, 40 feet early season. If it's really cold, I tend to go deeper, and electronics is going to be your savior. If you're a bank fisherman, you're, you're going to struggle. Right. Well, let's talk about that 50-degree mark to 55. We're still in the pre-spawn here. 50 to 55, those fish will start moving up, getting ready to spawn. So they're actually going to come in shallower. Large mouth, small mouth. I've got them in 50 degree. 55 is your magic mark where they're really going to be excited to start to feed up for the spawn. So 55, I mean, their large mouth going to be cruising anywhere from a foot to six feet of water. Look for wood. Wood holds heat. It's like a blanket for fish. Even if it's one degree warmer, fish are going to be right on that wood. Then I would start throwing jigs. Usually black and blue works really good. It tends to work the best in the morning times. Sort of get in the afternoon. Sometimes you can move to green pumpkins. They work really good. Well, I'd like to hear more, but unfortunately we are out of time this week. But don't worry, folks. Eric will be next week, and we'll talk about the same thing with smallmouth bass. You can find out more about Eric Arnold on his Facebook page. He's a tournament bass angler here in Washington State. Stay tuned for next week's edition of our extended Max Minute.
Walleye anglers all over the Northwest are raving about the new Smileblade Spindrift Walleye Lure made by Max Lure Company. Lance Murs is with us here to tell us more about it. This lure is fantastic. We've got the patented Smileblade. We've got a pill float that keeps it just off of the bottom where the fish like to bite. And that Spindrift hook is absolutely phenomenal. You can tip it with any kind of bait. Tip it with a crawler, tip it with a leech. Whatever you tip it with, it's going to catch more fish. It's the Smileblade Spindrift Walleye Lure only from Max Lure Company. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter and has what you need as a hunter, angler, hiker, paddler, camper, and outdoors enthusiast. They also carry an extensive assortment of firearms and ammunition you simply can't find anymore at many big box stores. On top of that, their knowledgeable staff is here to help you purchase the right gear so you can get the most out of your outdoor experience. Visit your local Sportsman's Warehouse store today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. I'll take you, you take me back Let's put pennies on a railroad track Fireflies in a mason jar Hide and see, there you are Just a boy back then You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. I am happy to introduce you to our next guest. His name is Bradley Trumbo. He's got a brand new book out, Wing Shooting the Palouse. And if you enjoy hunting, Upland Birds. If you love hunting behind a bird dog, you are going to love this book. Brad, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, John. So first things first, congratulations. I'm really enjoying the stories that you have in this book here, or I should say essays maybe. Uh, this is your first book, isn't it? Yes, it is. I've been writing for a, a number of years. I guess I got my first actual start in creative nonfiction and outdoor writing back in the early 2000s, but I really didn't start publishing work until about 2017. And where do you write besides the book that we have in front of us here? So currently I have a couple of newspaper columns. So one syndicated with the East Oregonian, the Baker City Herald, and the Grand Observer in the Eastern Oregon. And that one is Ups and Pursuits. And then I've got a column titled Palouse Outdoors with Waitsburg Times. I'm also a, a staff writer for a group called Harvesting Nature that does some good digital media. They have kind of like a blog-style for their website, and they also are just starting up a digital magazine. And I've, I've done some freelance work for a variety of, of magazines, but I don't do that as much as, uh, as the others. Well, I understand completely, and we certainly have a, a bunch of listeners tuning in this weekend from both Baker City and LeGrand, so I'm sure they recognize you. Let's talk about your evolution as a bird hunter and bird dog lover. I mean, you didn't grow up hunting pheasants, did you? Oh my gosh. So I, I originally grew up in Western Virginia, and I think I remember seeing one or two pheasants in my youth. Our rough grouse population was dwindling significantly by uh, the 2000s when I was there in my 20s. And so, yeah, I never, never once hunted behind a dog. I only ever killed one rough grouse in my youth in Virginia. So it wasn't until moving out to Washington at about 30 years old uh, that I got my first taste of pheasants and what actual upland bird hunting is. Well, you know, the Palouse is probably the last bastion of decent pheasant hunting left in Washington State. We'll talk more about that in a minute, but uh, definitely a great place to land. Tell me about your first bird hunting dog and how you fell in love with hunting pheasant and chucker in the Palouse country. Yeah, so my first dog, she's a, well, I guess all of my dogs are Llewellyn Setters, but back in, I guess, the summer of 2012, 
I hadn't been in Washington a full year yet, but I had stumbled upon some pheasant my first fall out here and, and picked one up by just sheer luck behind somebody else's dog. So my wife instantly decided we needed a bird dog and got us this uh, Llewellyn Setter pup. And, uh, I, you know, I, I didn't know squat about bird hunting or dog training or any of that stuff. And, and we muddled our way through and lo and behold, at three years old, that dog turned out to be something special. By that time, we had a second setter and she's just a spitfire on pheasant. And the, the two of them learned from each other and have now at 10 and almost eight years old now, that pair is just phenomenal on pheasant in the field. I have never hunted behind a Llewellyn setter before. I got a Springer Spaniel currently. I've had a Yellow Lab before. I've had a Golden Retriever before. And, and my dad had a Hungarian Vizsla. Tell me how they hunt. The setters are just, you know, they're your, kind of your standard pointing dog. These dogs, <clears throat> differences between like a regular hunting field dog and uh, and a field trial dog is basically how far and how how hard charging they really are. Starting out young, these dogs put a lot of distance on, you know, two, three, four hundred yards, not a big deal. My youngest dog right now, she'll run until I stop her. <laughs> and yeah, she'll, you know, she'll just go until she catches bird scent. But when these dogs find the scent cone, then they just, they stand still in, in a beautiful statuesque kind of a point. They're pretty darn good. The older dogs are perfect on holding full flush and whatnot. Um, they generally, the older dogs now generally hunt within 100 to 200 yards. They cast laterally more than, you know, distance out. But they just cover the ground and they kind of know how to look for specific birds now. They've got enough experience on chucker and partridge and, and pheasant that they know how to cover the different types of habitats. And they're just good, solid dogs. I don't know if you cover this in your book or not, but uh, I've got to ask, uh, what kind of shotgun do you shoot in terms of uh, gauge and, and otherwise? So my favorite shotguns are side-by-side, and that, that might stem from a uh, an old, I guess a long-term fascination with them. My dad had one that I inherited, and when I was a boy, I used to just love marveling over that thing in the gun cabinet. But anyway, I really like the sight window of the side-by-side. You know, the, I think this, the two barrels there, they force me to lead the birds better, I think. So I shoot better with those. Right now, I've got a little CZ Bob White 20-gauge that I absolutely love. I've shot more birds with that gun than any of my other side-by-sides. But I, I think I, as far as a gauge, if I had to pick one overall, I would say a 16 is, is one of the most versatile I've hunted with. You know, it, it's funny you say that. I've got a 16-gauge that uh, my uncle gave me. It's an old Ithaca featherweight. But I shoot a 20 myself. I've got a, a, a Brownie BPS pump that I shoot that's a 20-gauge. And I also have a CZ Mallard that's an over and under. And and like you, I, I love those CZ shotguns. They're just wonderful. And they, they come in at a very good price point, too. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know, I, so most of my shotguns are heirloom, and I don't like taking my older uh, Savage Fox or L.C. Smith or whatever out into rough weather, so I bought this CZ with the idea that I could not care as much about it, and it's just bomb-proof, and <laughs> I mean, it's just a great gun. So I've got to ask you, you've got a whole bunch of essays and stories in this book here. Is there anyone that stands out for you on a personal basis? You know, so I kind of categorized this book by the different types of bird covers that I'm hunting because that was just a real logical way to put these essays together. But if I really had to come down to one particular chapter that kind of speaks, this is what Brad Trumbo gets out of bird hunting, it would be in the uh, collection that I call The Soul of the Hunt, and the chapter's titled The Fountain of Youth. And I present a hunt where, during the pandemic, one of the great things that I found about being put on telework is... I now had enough time during the early part of the pheasant season that when the workday ended, I could still make it into the field and get an afternoon hunt in. And so 
in that chapter, I present me and my, my dog that's had severe hip dysplasia and now doesn't have any hip sockets because we had her, you know, had surgeries done. But the two of us going out on this, this incredible bluebird evening on the, uh, on the Palouse and getting into pheasants and really just being merged in that overall scene, the, you know, the colors and the sounds and the dog work and being out there together and uh, just the, the appreciation for the teamwork and the companionship with the dog and the birds and the, and the terrain and just kind of pulling that all together in the whole enactment of the hunt, really keeping us youthful and being a stress reliever and just being, you know, something that's really soul fortifying, basically. And I haven't found that in any other type of uh, hunting experience and sometimes not even fly fishing. It seems like the upland experience, and I think it has a lot to do with a dog. Yeah, that's it. I agree completely. All right, we're running short on time, but I got one last question for you. Where can folks buy your book, Wing Shooting the Palouse? So it's available on Amazon, and I believe it's available at Barnes & Noble, too. And it's also available at Kiyoki Books. At which books? Kiyoki Books. That's K-E-E-O-K-E Books. And they are who I publish through, and they're in Sandpoint, Idaho. So they've got a website that has it available, but Amazon's probably the easiest way to come by it. All right. We'll head to Amazon.com or one of those other resources and look for Wing Shooting the Palouse by Bradley Trumbo. And again, if you love upland bird hunting, if you love bird dogs, you're going to love this book. It's a keeper. And personally, I can't wait to read that story you just told me about. I'm not there yet, but I think that's where I'm going to next. Brad, congratulations on your first book. And thanks so much for sharing this with us today on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Hey, we appreciate it, John. Tag you, you tag me back. Let's put pennies on a railroad track. Fireflies in a mason jar. Hide and seek. There you are. Located in the northeast corner of Oregon, Wallawa County offers a unique destination rich in natural beauty and outdoors recreation. Enjoy the clear waters of Wallawa Lake. Take a tram to the top of Mount Howard for million-dollar views. Hike or ride into the Eagle Cap Wilderness and fish or raft the Wallawa and Grand Ronde Rivers. It's all waiting for you in beautiful Wallawa County. Plan your visit today at WallawaCountyChamber.com. That's WallawaCountyChamber.com. From a bull elk ripping a bugle across the valley to wing beats on a duck marsh, public lands and waters are integral to our outdoor heritage. Become a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and stand up for our public lands and waters. Visit backcountryhunters.org today. You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio, and we are taking you to one of my favorite places. It's the Stahican Valley Ranch. It's located in the North Cascades National Park Complex. You get there by boat going on Lake Chelan, and you go all the way to the headwaters of Lake Chelan at the Stahican River, and you take a bus or a van, and you end up at this beautiful ranch. Just gorgeous place, wonderful food, wonderful accommodations. With us here to tell you what's new since I've been there last a few years ago is Cliff Courtney, the owner. Cliff, great to have you back on the air. Hi, John. It's great to talk to you again. I think the last time I was up there was 2017, 2018. There's been a few changes since that time, hasn't there? 
there's been a couple of things happened since then. You know, we still have our program, which we can talk about later. But one of the new things that we've done is we've uh, coupled with Stahican Outfitters. They have a kids camp going now for people have been asking us for for years. So we don't, they don't just have the lessons now in the day ride, but they also have a kids camp model. And it's working fantastic. The other thing is I put a new boat on the lake. The Stahican Ferry now provides a boat, really nice, comfortable smooth riding catamaran that runs on a schedule that is just working fantastic for folks. There's been some other changes as well, and that includes the accommodations. Now, when I was up there, you had these canvas roof cabins, and then you had regular cabins, but things have changed in that regard too. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we know we started out with just the tent cabins for years and years, and we eventually have transitioned to, to more cabins with bathrooms. One of the neat things we did in the last couple of years is to put in some ranch wagons, gypsy wagons, whatever you want to call them. But they're a really cute little wagon that have their own little bathroom in them. They're just a sleeping wagon, and they have gone over really well. And you have some glamping tents too, don't you? Yes. So, you know, those tent cabins serve me so well. This will be our 40th year in operation. And, and the three that we're taking down this year are original tent cabins. And we're just going ahead and replacing them with just the, the regular wall tent glamping tents for this year. And, and we know those are time-proven, so we know people will love those. So now we have the, the glamping tents, the cabins, and the wagons. Well, I'll be honest. Uh, my favorite part, I think just about everyone's favorite part about staying at the ranch, is the fact that you get fed really, really well there. Why don't you tell our listeners about the meals if they haven't heard about them already? Well, you know, I think ranch cooking might just about describe it, but... Uh, we go beyond that. We try to grow a lot of our own vegetables there. We're real picky about our ingredients, and uh, we, we don't cut corners. And we do feed people really, really well at the ranch. And that all comes with kind of the deal. You get your transportation in the valley, your cabin, and all three meals. And, yeah, breakfast is kind of standard fare. And then we have lunches, either hot lunches, or you can pack a lunch to take with you because a lot of people are out fishing or hiking. And then, of course, the dinners are kind of locally famous. We, we do a great job with dinners, with homemade pies and cakes and, you know, your choice of steaks or the nightly special. And, and yeah, we've taken good care of people over the years. Oh, you certainly have. And, folks, besides relaxing at the ranch, and a lot of people just come there to relax, there's so many activities you can do. You can go on a guided kayak adventure. You can go fly fishing either with a local guide or by yourself on the Stahican River. There's excellent fishing there. Go on a horseback ride. I've done that several times with their wranglers and guides. And you can just go hiking by yourself too or rent an electric bike. I did that the last time I was there. Just a ton of fun. What is there, 11 miles of road you can cover? Yeah, actually even a little bit more on the other side. So yeah, about 15. And yes, those electric bikes have really gone over well. They also have shock absorbers and the very big four-inch tire, so kind of a combination of a, a little bit of pavement, a little bit of gravel, etc. up there, and uh, they just ride so well and hold the road so well, and people are really enjoying the e-bikes. Well, lots of reasons to go to Stahican Valley Ranch, folks, and the website to go to is stahicanvalleyranch.com. Let's shift gears, though, because this is a time of year when you are looking for help in terms of employment for the summer. We are. You know, we're a seasonal business. So as folks, you know, come and go over the years, we don't always get the same people back. And we offer a place for folks to work. We put them up, give them room and board while they're here working. And we have several positions open seasonally here this year. Uh, if folks want to have ever wanted to come and, 
experience Tahika, not just the valley, but the community, and spend enough time here to really get to know the place. We give a couple days off every week. We don't overwork people. So if they love the outdoors, it's a great place for them to work and play. Why don't you tell our listeners some of the positions that are open? So we have uh, positions still open for bus drivers, for actually a bus driver, and a massage therapist, and housekeepers, and, and also uh, a kitchen help. And I have, I'm looking for a guy also for maintenance, or it might be a combination of bus driver maintenance, or it might be a carpenter maintenance that doesn't bus drive, but I'm just looking for applicants that first want to spend time in a place like this Tahikin. We want them to want to be here, and that's worked really well for us over the years. We often get people who are overqualified because Tahikin is such a great place to spend the summer. Oh, it's absolutely drop-dead gorgeous place to spend the summer. I couldn't imagine a better summer job. I understand that some of your partners are looking for employees, too, uh, both the ferry and your outfitter service is looking for a wrangler. Is that right? Yes, they need a couple of wranglers for not just the day rides and lessons, but for those kids' camps I'm telling you about. They do about four of those a summer. And just small, it's, it's really a great opportunity for somebody that loves horses to spend the summer in Stahican. And then, yes, we have a couple of kind of unusual. We have a couple of positions open that could be more year-round. So if any young family or he doesn't have to be a family, a couple or a single, has wanted to live in Stahican, this might be an opportunity for them. There's two or three opportunities up there, anywhere from running a retreat center that's about ready to come online to working on the ferry boat system. And myself, I'm looking for a, a kind of a year-round maintenance carpenter uh, position. So, you know, that would be something if they're interested, certainly get in touch with me about because it may not be that they only are there for the summer. They might decide to spend a good deal of time there. A lot of young families really love it because of the school and location and the a place to get away with some of what's happening in the world right now. Oh, I <laughs> believe me, Stahican is calling right now, especially every time I turn on the news. So, folks, if you're <laughs> looking at a great summer job or maybe just making a complete lifestyle change and spending some time in, in one of the most beautiful places you're going to find in North America, get a hold of Cliff Courtney at Stahican Valley Ranch. The website to go to is stahicanvalleyranch.com. Just go to the Contact Us page and let them know that you're interested in employment opportunities and take the conversation from there. Cliff, always a pleasure to have you on Northwestern Outdoors. Don't be a stranger and be healthy, sir. All right. Thank you very much, John. I sure appreciate you including us in your program. From Stahican in north central Washington, we take you to Glens Ferry in south central Idaho, where a bunch of winos are wreaking havoc at a local winery and not even paying for the privilege. We're not talking about human winos with alcohol problems here. No, we're actually talking about a mule deer herd that has been eating a good portion of the crop from the Glens Ferry Winery. They're also eating all sorts of other shrub in the area. And since they live in the city limits, this herd of some 25 mule deer, well, you can't exactly shoot them. The Idaho Department of Fish and Game has tried a number of measures to haze the these deer and keep them away from the crops and the shrubbery, but it hasn't worked. So next, they are actually going to use drop nets to trap these deer and relocate them to more suitable habitats in the Magic Valley where they should be able to get a cure for their grape addiction. The trials and tribulations of being a winery owner. Who would have thought? Stay tuned. We've got more of the great outdoors heading your way to include your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week. And let's end this segment the way we've been leading into and ending most of our segments today with a little music from our friend Frank Prenovost.
Hunting is conservation. At the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, we salute hunters for providing the majority of conservation funding across the U.S. Join us for our annual fundraising banquet to benefit wildlife and the mission of the RMEF. Enjoy a meal of wild Alaskan seafood delivered right to your door. Sina Sea offers premium quality wild Alaskan fish and shellfish to include Copper River King and Silver Salmon, Halibut, Black Cod, King Crab, and of course, Copper River Sockeye Salmon. Order it blast frozen or smoked and experience a slice of Alaska for a special meal you won't forget. Buy your seafood now at SinaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com. The Bighorn Outdoor Adventure Show is back at the Spokane County Fair and Expo Center. We're celebrating 60 years of the Bighorn Show with entertainment and activities for the whole family. There's an all-new lineup of seminars from top outdoor experts and live music every day. Kids love the Silver Mine, Fishing World, and Reptile Man, and everyone loves Trophy Territory. Check out hundreds of guides, outfitters, and outdoor products from March 17th to 20th. Get your tickets at Ziggy's or search Bighorn Show Spokane online to purchase tickets. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter and has what you need as a hunter, angler, hiker, paddler, camper, and outdoors enthusiast. They also carry an extensive assortment of firearms and ammunition you simply can't find anymore at many big box stores. On top of that, their knowledgeable staff is here to help you purchase the right gear so you can get the most out of your outdoor experience. Visit your local Sportsman's Warehouse store today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. From a bull elk ripping a bugle across the valley to wing beats on a duck marsh, public lands and waters are integral to our outdoor heritage. Become a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and stand up for our public lands and waters. Visit backcountryhunters.org today. We've got time for one more shot of Northwestern Outdoors Radio with John Cruz. I'm glad you're back. It is our final segment of the show, and you know what that means. You are about to get a chance to win a $25 gift card from America's premier outfitter. That would be Sportsman's Warehouse, and now is a great time to go to your local Sportsman's Warehouse store because it is time to gear up for spring fishing. Whether you're after trout or bass or a walleye or panfish, this is the time to get what you need, and there's some good deals to be had at your local Sportsman's Warehouse store. It's also the time to stock up for spring turkey hunting. That season is right around the corner, too. So whether you are a hunter or an angler or both, head on down to your local Sportsman's Warehouse store, and you can also shop anytime at all at sportsmans.com. And now it's time for your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week. And this week, it's about totem poles, that iconic symbol that so many associate with the coastal Pacific Northwest. These wood-carved totem poles can get pretty tall, too. How tall, you ask? How about 173 feet tall? That is one big totem pole. It's so big that it's actually built out of two separate pieces of wood. Here's your question. Where will you find the world's largest totem pole? This is a disputed title, I must say, so I'll give you a hint. You'll find this 173-foot-tall totem pole north of the lower 48 states. If you know the answer, you know what to do. Go to our Facebook page at Northwestern Outdoors Radio. If you haven't already, please like and follow our page. I sure would appreciate that. And then go to the post thread where we have this question and give us your answer there. 
If you don't do Facebook, that's okay. Just shoot me an email through my website at northwesternoutdoors.com and let me know where you'll find the world's largest totem pole. One lucky person who guesses right is going to win that $25 gift card. All right, before we go, let's talk about some things to do in the week ahead. As we told you last week, the Central Oregon Sportsman Show is going on this weekend. It's happening at the Deschutes County Fairgrounds in Redmond, and this is a really fun show. It's always got a good crowd there, always has quality exhibitors, and if you're in the market for an RV, you definitely want to be here. They've got acres of them for sale. And as you also heard earlier in this show, Marie Newmiller with the Inland Northwest Wildlife Council is inviting you to attend the Bighorn Outdoor Adventure Show. That one starts Thursday the 17th, runs through Sunday the 20th at the Spokane Fair and Events Center on North Havana. I plan on being there Thursday and hope to see some of you there as well. On top of that, we've got a lot of the lakes opening up around the greater Northwest and personally, That excites me because I know that some good trout fishing is going to be found and it also means I'm going to be able to get that bass boat of mine out of the water soon too. Here's hoping that you will get to enjoy some spring fishing or hiking or wildlife watching or scouting for the upcoming turkey season. Whatever you decide to do, I do hope that you have a great week. Until next time, do take care, God bless, and make it a point to spend some time outdoors. Outdoors.